Hi, my name is Mark Strong. And I'm Kathy Strong. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hashtag Family Strong. So we really value our kids, and we want nothing more than for them to succeed. We know that this world is full of temptations, and we want nothing more than to help them to steer away from anything that would bring them harm. And that's when we had the idea. We were going to start a family night. Every night. Every night. You know, I used to be in a worship band back in the 90s, so we always try to incorporate that in a family night just to keep us centered. But every now and then, I will try to take one of these new pop songs and incorporate it, you know, just to show that we're down with the homies, yo. I'm so fancy, you don't even know, in a family, New York, Tokyo. I mean, because we're, we're cool parents, for reals. Yeah, we're pound sign cool. It's, it's, it's hashtag. Hashtag? What, what am I tagging? I mean, we used to have friends over all the time, but now we just tell them it's easier to stay home. Yeah, there's no point in having them endure the murder scene we go through every night. We just try to provide an area that's comfortable so that our two kids five. can... Five kids can just know that they can tell us anything they need and just know that we've got their back. So, who wants to share? Okay, I'll start. Oh my goodness, that's horrible. Oh, I've seen that three times and I'm laughing every time. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I'm glad you're here today. I want to welcome our North Campus joining us by video feed. Uh, today is the second part of our message series, uh, Hashtag Family Strong. And I brought something with me today. Um, you know what this is? I know it looks a little bit sinister, kind of like it, like a tiny torture kit for a gnome. But, um, but that's not at all what it is. In fact, this is a melon carving kit. Okay, it's a melon carving kit. Uh, Amy and I bought this the first year that we were married, and so we've had this thing for 15 years now. Um, we were walking through the store, and we saw this cool thing, and we thought, we could carve melons. I mean, we could... We could carve these things and take them to parties and to family gatherings. And I mean, think about it. Watermelons, cantaloupes, honeydews. I mean, the possibilities are like endless, right? And then, and I thought, you know, think about Halloween. I mean, no more like one-tooth jack-o'-lanterns for us. I mean, like I could carve American presidents with this. And so we realized that we were standing on the precipice of greatness in the culinary arts. And all that stood between us and becoming legendary in the melon carving world was $29.99 at Bed Bath & Beyond. So we bought it. <laughs> and it is sat in a drawer in our house unused for 15 years. In fact, Every time I open that drawer and I have to reach for the ice cream scoop, which is right next to it, like I look at this thing and I realize the futility of our impulsive purchase because literally it has yielded no fruit for us. 
ever. I mean, total waste of money, this thing. And, and, look, we've all made impulsive decisions and made impulsive purchases. And most of the time, it's no big deal. We end up with like a, a melon carving set or a George Foreman grill or like a third crock pot or, you know, something that we really don't need. And so, yeah, it doesn't really alter our lives all that much. But sometimes, sometimes we can make an impulsive decision that has consequences that are so far-reaching that can be so devastating that had we known at the time, we would have run from it as fast as we possibly could. And it's those kinds of impulsive decisions that we're going to talk about today. It's those kinds of impulsive decisions that can take us from family strong to family devastated. And how do I know that that can happen? Because when people come and ask me to pray for them, oftentimes they are suffering the consequences from impulsive decisions that either they have made or someone in their family has made. Because impulsive decisions, sometimes they lead to destructive habits. And it's these destructive habits that can devastate their family. So when I pray for Parents that have discovered that their son has an alcohol problem. That son didn't start out with an alcohol problem. That son started out with an impulsive decision to drink one time because he thought it would make him cool. And now it's blown up to this huge issue. Or when I pray for a man that just can't stop looking at pornography. Well, that started with an impulsive decision one day. And now it's blown up into this full-grown addiction. Or when I pray for someone that's become a victim of abuse, the person that is the abuser didn't start out that way. They started out with an impulsive decision when they lost their temper or lost control, and now that's just become a way of dealing with problems. Or when, I talk to, or when I pray for somebody that can't stop eating or can't stop making themselves throw up because of overeating. Or someone who is just a compulsive liar and they just lie about anything and everything. Or someone that's in debt or a family that's dealing with a rebellious teenager. Almost all of that stems from an impulsive decision. When I pray for someone who's just found out that their spouse is having an affair, affairs usually start with an impulsive decision to do some innocent flirting or some innocent seeming looking, and it grows from there. I mean, do you see how dangerous that these impulsive type decisions can be? And while most of the time they don't ever really amount to anything, sometimes, sometimes these decisions carry with them consequences. They can become so devastating that it can take our family that was so strong and so close-knit, and it can become unraveled. 
And you know, I am always amazed by the amount of pain that's in a room. I'm always amazed by the amount of pain that's in one room. And here's the thing. If we would just for a moment drop the mask, we would drop the posing, and we would be honest, I think we would all say that there is some pain in our background. There's some in mine. And if we were to look closely enough at where that started, I think we would find most of the time it began with someone's impulsive decision that led to a whole series of other decisions or a whole series of other consequences that has brought pain into our families. And so today, I want to talk about one of the most famous families in the entire Bible. And this family, they have a son who makes an impulsive decision that has devastating consequences, and their family is never the same ever again. But it's in the midst of that impulsivity that God gives us some very dependable and reliable ways to prevent impulsive decisions from shipwrecking our families. Now, the family that we're going to look at is Adam and Eve and their two sons, Cain and Abel. Now, you might have heard of this family before, but just in case you're new to all this, let me kind of bring you up to speed of the context of what's going on. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman that God created, by the time we get to them here today, they have already been kicked out of the Garden of Eden for eating the forbidden fruit. They now have two grown sons, Cain and Abel, okay? Spoiler alert, Cain is going to make an impulsive decision, and he's going to kill his brother Abel. And because of his crime, Cain is forced to leave the land. And so literally, in one day, Adam and Eve lose both of their sons. And they're devastated. And their family is never the same ever again. And here's the thing. It was all so preventable. It was so preventable. God even reached out to Cain and tried to prevent Cain from making an impulsive decision. But Cain wouldn't listen to God. Cain ignored all of God's safety nets that we're going to talk about here in a few moments and goes through with his impulsive decision anyway. And so their family is devastated, whereas if he had listened to God, they could have remained family strong. So pull out your message notes. And let's start by asking this question. What can I do to prevent impulsive decisions from ruining my family? What can I do to prevent impulsive decisions from ruining my family? Well, here's the first thing that I can do, and that is this. I can bring my best to God. I can bring my best to God. Genesis chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil. I want you to circle the word some. It's very important. He brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to God. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn, circle firstborn, some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Okay? Now at this time, 
one of the ways that people worshiped God was they brought offerings to God. And here, Cain's offering was not pleasing to God. Why was Cain's offering not pleasing to God? I mean, like, does God hate vegetables? No, that's not it. It was not pleasing because Cain did not bring his best to God. You see, Abel, his brother, brought the firstborn of the flock to God, which is another way of saying that he brought the very best and first portions of the flock to God. So, I mean, does that mean that that Cain's fruit that he brought, was it like rotten and nasty? Probably not. But it certainly wasn't his best. So, listen, there was no sacrifice on Cain's part. It didn't really cost Cain anything to bring an offering to God. Because Cain kept the best for himself and gave God some of the rest. That's what happened. So when it comes to a strong family, what does a strong family look like? It means that I need to bring my best to God. And that's in everything. In every way, all the time. I need to bring my best to God. Now, that certainly includes tithing, where that means you bring the first 10% of your income to God and you give it to Him and you trust Him by doing that. It includes that. But honestly, I think it includes so much more. It's like when you volunteer to serve here at church. It means that you bring your best to God. I mean, it means that I bring my best to God when I speak from the stage. Likewise, when you volunteer, it means that you bring your best to God so that, you know, that you're on time and that you serve with a smile and that you respond nicely even when someone else is just flat mean. You bring your best to God. But I think it even transcends volunteering in church. I think it means that You bring your best to God at work. Students, you bring your best to God at school every day. You bring your best to God as a team mom. You bring your best to God when you coach your kids' teams. You bring your best to God in anything and everything. You bring him, and listen, there's some sacrifice involved. It's not always convenient. It's not always easy. But you bring your best to God anyway. Why? Why does making sacrifices to give God our best effective at combating impulsive decisions? Here's why. Because generally speaking, impulsive decisions come from a motive deep down inside ourselves to satisfy ourselves and to serve our best interests and to put ourselves first. But here's the thing. If you regularly make sacrifices for God, if you regularly give God your best, it costs you something. You will have to sacrifice some things along the way. And it is in that regular sacrificing that you slowly and you methodically put to death that self-serving, self-centered part that is deep down inside you. And as that self-centered, selfish part in you slowly begins to die, 
you become less and less inclined to make impulsive decisions because you aren't living for you. You're living for God. You're living for Him. And I'll be honest with you, that really is the making sacrifices for God is really the only way to put that thing within each one of us to death anyway. It really doesn't happen any other way. And so when we do that, that's how the, a big step into arresting this impulsive decision part of us. So would you make a commitment to bring your best to God? No matter what you're doing, even though it's going to require some sacrifices on your part. Look, no, never mind that God is worthy of whatever sacrifice we would give him. Because he is. But in addition to that, think of the benefit for you in your own life. Because it puts it as that selfish, self-centered part of you. And like I said, it's almost impossible to put it to death any other way. So would you commit to bringing God your best in everything that you do? Would you make a commitment to do that? There is a second safety net that God gives us in um, this encounter. And that is number two. Don't be silent. Don't be silent. Verse five says... So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? So here, Cain is off, Cain's offering to God has been rejected, all right? And Cain was very, very angry. In fact, the Bible says that you could see it all over his face. But here's the thing. Cain doesn't talk to anyone about it. He doesn't talk to anyone. He doesn't talk to Adam about it. He doesn't talk to Eve about it. He doesn't talk to Abel about it. God even asks Cain two questions, and Cain doesn't respond to God. Okay? Cain keeps it all within himself. Cain goes silent. Cain shuts down. He shuts down. So look, when you're dealing with something, you know, perhaps with a temptation or an impulsive decision that you've made and you feel some guilt about it, or maybe you, you know, have this little hitch in your spirit about, like, what could come of that decision. Here's the thing. Don't be silent. You cannot be silent about it. Look, God gave you and placed you in a family for a reason. So, Talk to your parents. Talk to your brother or sister. If you're married, talk to your spouse. That's why God gave you family. You were never intended to go through life all by yourself. In fact, just talk to God for heaven's sake about it. Talk to him. Look, strong families deal honestly with stuff as it happens. Because look, if you deal with stuff while it's small then it never becomes really big. You know, and I look at Cain and his situation, it, it's my personal opinion that Cain was a hothead. And the reason I think he was a hothead is because it, it, to go from having your offering rejected to killing your brother seems like an awfully big leap. But if Cain was a hothead 
And as a family, they never dealt with it while it was small, and they allowed it to continue, and they just ignored it, and then it just got worse and worse and worse over the years until everybody's just walking on eggshells. Then it's not so hard to see, see uh, envision a scenario where Cain would have his offering rejected, Abel's was, was accepted, and Cain is so mad that he kills his brother. So what does strong look like? It looks like a family that deals with stuff as it happens and is not afraid to keep the issues out on the table, out in the open, where they can deal with them. As painful as it might be, but at least it can be dealt with. So don't be silent. Third safety net that God gives us is this. I need to focus on my relationship with God. I need to focus on my relationship with God. Verse 6 says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? I want you to underline, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now, the Lord here doesn't respond like you and I would think. You, you would think that God would say something like, hey, Cain, why don't you just calm down a little bit, okay? Or you'd think that God would say, hey, you know, why don't you try bringing me a different offering, kind of like your brother Abel did. But that's not what God says. In fact, our Heavenly Father refocuses the entire conversation on the relationship between Cain and himself. These words, will you not be accepted, tell us that the central issue here is a relationship with God. And that relationship had been severed. So restoring that relationship now becomes God's primary focus. And here's the thing. If Cain had stopped and focused on his relationship with God, then Cain would have known the right thing to do. God even says that sin was crouching at his door. And the only way Cain would have known how to deal with it would have been in the context of a relationship with God. You see, for God, everything goes back to a relationship with Him. Everything. Everything goes back to that. So among all of the ingredients that make a family strong, the most important is that you focus on your relationship with God. Because look, destructive and impulsive decisions not only sever and strain relationships within your family, but they sever and strain your relationship with God. So somewhere along the way, in order to make your family strong, you have to address and develop and deepen your relationship with God. Look, while having a relationship with God certainly includes coming to church, it's much more than that. It's much more than that. A relationship with God includes praying and talking to Him and asking Him to change you, to change the hearts of other people in your family, to change the dynamic of the relationships within your family. Do you do that? It includes reading your Bible 
and asking God to show you and give you direction in your life and to show you how people relate to God and how God relates to us and how God wants us to, you know, act and relate to other people around us and how God wants us to function and live in the world. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. What is the condition of your relationship with God right now? Right now, what is the condition of your relationship with God? When was the last time you spent 20, 30 minutes praying and reading your Bible? When was the last time you did that? Would you make a commitment to focus on your relationship with God? Look, here's the thing. God wants to have a relationship with you. Look, that's why God reached out to Abel, I mean to Cain, because he wanted to have a relationship with him. In the same way, God is reaching out to you this morning, inviting you to have a relationship with him. And he's waiting for you to respond. Now, that relationship with God starts by becoming a Christ follower. If you've never become a Christ follower, you do that by asking Jesus to forgive you for everything you've ever done. Because see, look, our sin separates us from God. That's what happened with Cain. His sin separated him from God. It severed that relationship. And sins have to be forgiven. Sins aren't canceled out by doing good deeds. Sins are forgiven. That's why Jesus Christ came and died on a cross so that his death could pay the price for your sin so that if you would ask him, Jesus could grant you that forgiveness. And then you could have a relationship with the Father. And that relationship was here on this earth, and when you die, you would go to heaven. So, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you, and then pledge your life to following him? That is how it happens. If you've never done that before, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes on the back, right below the next steps. If you've never prayed that prayer, I'm going to give you a chance to pray it this morning. But before we do, We've got one more safety net we need to talk about, okay? And that's number four. Don't compare. Don't compare. Verse six says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what's right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now look, an impulsive decision doesn't necessarily have to be like in the heat of the moment, okay? An impulsive decision is something that you do without thinking it all the way through because of a self-centered type of desire, okay? So it might happen in the moment, it might happen over the course of a few hours or maybe even a day, maybe even two, okay? But regardless of the timeline, you always end up regretting the decision, right? And that's what happened with Cain here. Look, he bypassed all of God's safety nets and he impulsively decided that he was going to kill his bro brother. Honestly, probably because he was a hothead. And so... In the span of what probably is 24 hours, or maybe even later in that same afternoon, Cain coaxes his brother to go out in the field and kills him. 
That's what happens. Now, here is what I want you to pick up. Nowhere in this entire account does God ever compare Cain with Abel. God never says, you know what, if you would have just brought me a good offering like your brother Abel did, and nowhere in this account does Adam and Eve compare Cain and Abel. They never say, you know what, if you weren't such a hothead and were more level-headed like your brother Abel, that never happens. No one ever compares. There's no comparisons that occur. So when it comes to family, what does strong look like? It looks like a family that does not compare. That means that you don't compare one of your kids to another one of your kids, ever. But you know what it also means? It also means that you don't compare your kids to someone else's kids. It also means that you don't compare yourself to your brother or to your sister. It also means that you don't compare your family to another family. You don't compare because as soon as you start to compare, you rob your family or your family member from becoming the unique person that God, always, that God originally created them to be. Because when you make, the impulsive, make impulsive decisions that are driven by a need to outdo or to outperform what someone else is doing, then that impulsive decision becomes destructive to your family. So you can't compare on any level, ever. Look, the Lord has provided multiple safety nets to prevent impulsive decisions from wrecking your family. But in order to be family strong, you have to take advantage of these safety nets. And look, while, while most impulsive decisions never really amount to anything of real consequence, here's the thing. If you don't address that impulsive desire that's deep down inside you, it is only a matter of time before you at some point are going to make an impulsive decision that is going to have devastating consequences. And if you knew at the time, you would never do it. But the only way to avoid that is to do what God tells us to do, embrace these safety nets so that your family can become family strong. Find your connection card, and let's take some next steps together. Perhaps it's this first next step. I commit to God that I will bring my best to Him in all areas. Would you do that? Would you bring your best to God in all areas? Because that prevents you from becoming impulsive, because it starts, it slowly and methodically puts that to death in your heart, that impulsiveness. Next, I will not be silent about things that need to be spoken in my family, but I will speak lovingly and gently. Okay? Hey, it's all about the delivery, right? Okay? Next, I commit to work on my relationship with God. 
Wherever you are, would you just make a commitment to work on it? Wherever you are in your relationship with God, would you make a commitment to work on it? Next, I will not compare myself, my kids, or my family to anyone else. It's a huge next step. Would you take it? Or maybe for you it's this last one. I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you're ready to pray that prayer, I'm going to give you a chance to do it right now. In fact, I'm going to give everybody a chance to pray and I want you to pray and ask God to help you follow through with these next steps. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, take these moments to pray. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for all of the insights that you've given us from this encounter with Cain. And Lord, I pray for those families in this room that have been, have some pain in their past because of impulsive decisions that either they or someone else has made. And so Lord, I ask that you would help us turn to you and develop that relationship with you. And I ask that you would start the healing process. And I ask that you would help all of us put to death that thing in us that wants to serve ourselves, but instead that we would choose to serve you. And in so doing, relinquish that impulsivity and thereby protecting our families. And I ask that you bring us back safely next week so that we can hear more of how you want to make our family strong. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.